0: You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, BC. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. Uh, it, it's good to be with you tonight. Uh, thanks for sharing your evening with us. I know this is right in the middle of, of exam week. Sorry to bring it up. Uh, so thanks for being with us. We, we were kind of like you know, I don't know how many people are actually going to show up. Is this going to be one of those weeks that people sort of write off uh, because it, you're so busy doing school and studying? But uh, it's good to be with you tonight. As Ryan mentioned, we are in—we uh, are beginning this new sermon series over the next four weeks, which is going to include Easter, uh, and, and it's called "Invitations from Jesus." Throughout Jesus' ministry, we see Him offer. A number of invitations to his disciples, to the crowds, to the people around him. He offers us these invitations, and these invitations oftentimes remain for us today. And so we're going to explore a few of those invitations. But isn't it amazing that Jesus offers us invitations? That Jesus, the, the, the Son of God, the, the name above all names, he offers us Invitations. He invites us in. He doesn't coerce us. He doesn't force us. He doesn't twist our arm. He says, come to me. Come with me. Come follow me. He invites us in. Isn't that amazing? What a picture of, of the God that we serve and sing about. In many ways, how we respond to the invitations from Jesus will shape our faith. Because the kingdom of God is established in our lives through our response to his invitations. The rule and reign of Christ is established in our lives as we respond to the invitations from Jesus. And so just like in first century uh, Palestine and Rome and, and wherever else that where people were offered these invitations, we too will be offered these invitations and we too are given the opportunity to respond. God graciously allows us to say yes, or no, we, we, we say yes to his invitations, or we don't. And, and we have that freedom, that choice, but God invites us in. And so we're gonna explore a few of those over the next four weeks. And so tonight, we're gonna look at, at one in particular. It's in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, and this is one of those texts that uh, is, maybe you've heard it before, maybe you've kind of seen it on Facebook, it's kind of a, it's a tweetable text, Okay, it's short enough, it's kind of catchy, we like it, you may be familiar with it, it's approachable, and yet it has so much depth to it. And we're going to explore some of that today, tonight, and, and, and see how that will shape the way we live as we say yes to that invitation. And so let's read together Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, this is what it says. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." What an invitation. What a beautiful invitation Jesus gives us. I love this text. Um, do you remember in, in like high school or middle school, uh, maybe elementary school, where in, in gym class the teacher would assign two people to be like team captains? and they would get to assemble their, their team, basketball or, or volleyball or something. Do you remember that? How cruel is that, right? How cruel is, is middle school? Because, you know, if I'm team captain, guess who I'm picking for the volleyball team, for the basketball team? I'm picking the tallest, most athletic, buff, rugged man, right? I, I am, yeah, I'm picking Yos. <laughs> I, I am not picking the, the bookworm, or the nerd, or, or the guy who knows all these weird fun facts and can spell every capital city and frontwards and backwards, okay? I, he's going dead last. I'm picking the, the, the professional, the guy who looks like he has it all together. Uh, it's like the ultimate shaming technique, isn't it? I can't believe we, we, we do that. I don't know if they still do that in school, but it's, it's, it's shameful. Someone always gets picked last. Who does Jesus invite in this text? Who does he invite to come to him? He invites who? The weary and the burdened. What an amazing invitation. What an amazing picture of of Jesus, of who our God is. It would have made perfect sense for Jesus to surround himself with the the experts, the expert Greek scholars, the the professional Christians, the ones who, who answer all the questions at your youth group. The ones who have it all together, it would it make perfect sense for him to say, "You come with me"? So I'm going to surround myself with you guys. But who does he call out? He says, "Anyone tired? Anyone burnt out, weary, burdened? Come to me. Come with me. Come to me. I'll show you a better way." Isn't that amazing? He invites uh, the the downcast, the odd ones out, the rejects. It's a it's a theme throughout his whole ministry. We see him inviting in the people that most people didn't wanna be around. He invites in the outsiders and he says, come to me, I'll give you rest. And that is good news for you and I because if we're honest, we fit into one of those, don't we? Tired, weary, burdened, sinner, burnt out, I'm not going to do a show of hands, but if I asked you whether you were weary or burdened or tired, what what would you say? Uh, I'm not talking here about physically tired. Okay, you maybe just finished running like a marathon or something, and you're physically tired. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. What 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 what's the condition of your soul? Your life. What's the condition of your soul? Are you burnt out? Are you burdened? You weary. You spiritually exhausted, you're running on empty or fatigued. Uh, you know, one, one of the amazing things about the house and one of the things I've noticed as I've been here over the last, uh, just over seven months, is that many of the people who, who find this place to be their home, their home church, who feel safe to come here, uh, you maybe have some sort of past church experience that, that is painful, that's kind of hard to to come to terms with. It's maybe left you confused or disillusioned with more questions than answers. Uh, A lot of people that I connect with here, they've had some sort of experience of church in the past that has left them uh, weary, burdened. And somehow this place, the house, with with our horrendous parking and and our, our... very, very limited office space. I don't even know if we can call it office space. And, and our uh, trailer turned kids room and our blow up portable heated spa baptismal tank somehow feels safe enough for you to come and enter in and find rest and, and begin the process of coming back to God, coming back into faith just a little bit, to somehow find your way back in, find your feet again. There's a lot of people here who, who would probably say, you're, you're tired, you're weary, you're carrying some sort of burden. And Jesus says, come to me. He doesn't say, come to my conference. He doesn't say, buy my book, five quick steps to recover your life. Or, or, or come to my uh, theological seminary training. He says, come to me. What an invitation that God would invite us into direct communion with himself, that God would say, come to me directly. You don't need to go through uh, another person. You don't need to go through, uh, you know, this hoops and obstacle course of, of jumping through all these things to get to me. He says, come to me and I will give you rest, rest for your souls. That word souls in the Greek, it, it, it's often translated as life, rest for your life. Isn't that what we long for? An inner, deep sense of peace, of rest. This is what Jesus offers. And just when you think he's going to offer you a vacation, a spiritual retreat, maybe a sabbatical, he says something totally crazy, something totally wild. Listen to the text. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Take my yoke. Some of you are like, what did he just say? Take my yoke upon you. Okay, what in the world does that mean? I'm so grateful here at the house that we have such cool people. We have really cool people. Ryan and Yost and Chad and the team, uh, Everyone makes everything look so cool, right? Like, look at these cool screens and the lights and everything. I was trying to figure out, is there a cool way to show you what a yoke is? And there's not. And so this is what you get, a, a picture of a couple cows. I'm sorry. It's the best I could do. I think it's helpful, though, OK? A yoke was a farming tool. It was a tool they used to, to join two oxen together, two cows together, and they would pull a plow And they would pull more together than they could individually. It joined them together. It made the work easier and more efficient. This is a yoke. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. And you're like, hold on. Hold on. Jesus just said, I'm going to give you rest for your soul, for your life. And then he says, take up my yoke. What's, What's he getting at? Because rest for us typically looks so different, doesn't it? Rest for us looks like putting your feet up, Friday night, kicking back, turn on Netflix, binge watch whatever, The Office, with a big bag of Cheetos, right? That's rest for us. Okay, that's rest for me. Uh, when when uh, a year ago, when uh, Carissa and I, we celebrated our first anniversary, we went to Revelstoke, we went away for the weekend, and, and somehow uh, we don't have a TV at home. And so we don't watch like reality TV, thank the good Lord. Uh, and we ended up just randomly, it was in the middle of the day, we just kind of turned on the TV. And <laughs> there's this show on called Say Yes to the Dress. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen that? What a weird show, holy crap. We live in a strange world, don't we? Uh, so we ended up watching like four hours of it. And, <laughs> and we had a big bag of mini eggs and we just put our feet up and we watch like four hours and they're only half an hour episodes and there's like two people in each episode. So I don't know what the math is, but there was a lot of dresses and a lot of brides who are unhappy. Let me tell you, you don't need to watch the show, okay? (laughs) Take it from me. I've tried it. Four hours. You're good without it. Uh, There's many better uses of your time. But sometimes we think that was restful for us. For whatever reason, that was restful, putting our feet up and watching that show. Uh, Jesus says, I'm going to give rest for your souls, rest for your life. Take my yoke. You're like, what? That doesn't make any sense because that's not at all what rest looks like for us. And so what's he getting at? You You have to realize most of the people listening would have been Jewish people. In fact, the Gospel of Matthew, where this text is from, it was written primarily to a Jewish audience. And the Jewish people often talked about taking on the yoke of the law, the yoke of the Torah. And so when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he's acknowledging that they were already wearing a yoke. They were already uh, living a certain way. And the Pharisees and the scribes had sort of codified the Mosaic law into 365 prohibitions and 250 commandments. And so it was this, this kind of Uh, religious obstacle course, and and the way to God was to be obedient to all of them. The way to true spirituality was your obedience. To receive God's blessing, you had to be faithful to all of those commandments. And so Jesus has harsh words for the scribes and Pharisees. He says in, in Matthew, he says, just a few chapters later, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, they tie up heavy cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them and so when Jesus says take my yoke upon you he's acknowledging they were already wearing one there was they were already operating in a certain way but Jesus doesn't call us to the law he calls us to himself he says take my yoke come to me So, what is this yoke that Jesus is talking about? What what does that mean for us? Uh, Is it his teaching? Is it his spiritual disciplines? Um, I want to suggest tonight that when Jesus speaks of, of his yoke, he's actually talking about something much bigger, much greater. It includes those other things. But Jesus is talking about a way of living and operating in the world, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of relating to God. It's a whole new way of relating to God. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. And so this way of living, this life Jesus invites us into isn't based on your performance or your ability to execute all 365 prohibitions and 250 commandments. It's based on relationship. It's based on a relationship with the Father, with communion, with God himself. This is what John's gospel says. It says, Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus' yoke is a whole new way of living in relationship with God. It's more than just beliefs. It's more than just aligning yourself to an institution. Uh, And I think this is why Christianity, in, in the book of Acts, what we see is that Christianity was first known as what's called the way. Have you ever read that in the book of Acts? It says, people of the way. That's what it meant to follow Jesus. You became part of this kind of club called the way. Because it was a whole new way of living and operating. It wasn't just a new philosophy It was a way of living. It it affected how you lived and operated in the world. It's, It's discipleship. It's following Jesus. And so Jesus says, if you're tired, if you're burnt out, come to me. I'll show you a better way of living. He equates the life of discipleship with rest. Isn't that crazy? Sometimes the life of discipleship, of following Jesus, feels like a burden, doesn't it? we're honest. But Jesus says, let me show you. He says, says, take my yoke and learn from me. And that word learn in the Greek, it it implies more than just learning from teaching, learning from instruction. It, It implies learning through experience, learning through watching and doing it, The idea is to acquire a custom, a habit, a lifestyle, a transformed life through experience, not just through knowledge. So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Take my whole way of living in the world and operating and relating with God. Take that upon you and learn from me. Watch how I do it. And we could talk all day about what that looks like, what it means and looks like for you to follow Jesus. Uh, The text doesn't really go there. So we're not gonna go there, but it's an important and helpful thing to think about. Jesus says, take my way of living upon you. I like the way the message translation has this verse. Uh, it says this, it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and learn you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So Jesus is offering this, this new yoke, this new way of living, this new life that we're invited to take up. But it requires us to put something else down first. It requires us to take off the yoke we currently wear The way of Jesus is marked by surrender. The way of Jesus is marked by surrender. And I think it's helpful for us to to be talking about this idea of surrender tonight because the next four weeks what we'll see is that anytime Jesus invites people in, surrender is at the heart of it. Surrender is necessary. The way of Jesus is marked by surrender. Jesus lived his life surrendered to the will of the Father when he was just 12 his parents, uh, kind of the first interaction we get of him, his parents are, they had lost him sort of in the crowd and they're wondering where he was and they finally find him and he says, he says, why did you seek me? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? Later on in his ministry, he'll say, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. He lived a life of surrender and, and he, he, he didn't care too much about the expectations of people, even his disciples, even his family. He didn't care much about status or measuring up before people, about pleasing others or fitting in. He lived, surrendered, and aren't those the things that often burden us? Aren't those the things that often weigh us down? Trying to measure up before God, for people, trying to fit in. Maybe it's some sort of pressure or expectation to be something, to do something. Maybe it's a dream you have, a goal you have, a life you've been told you should live. Maybe it's actually uh, deeper. It's maybe unforgiveness in your heart. You're not willing or ready to let go of of the unforgiveness that's in your heart because it feels better to hold on to it. it. could be anger with God. Things didn't go according to plan. God didn't show up like you thought he would. And so there's this resentment, there's this anger. It becomes this burden for you. Jesus says, come to me. I'll show you a better way. We've got to let go of our old way of living and operating and interacting with God. God, we've got to surrender our control. We've got to surrender and allow God to enter in and transform us. And so when you hear the word burden, what comes to mind for you specifically? When you hear the word burden, what comes to mind? Let me pray for you. Jesus, we pray you would help us give you our burdens. Help us give you our burdens. God, show us a better way. We pray. Surrender is at the heart of what it means to follow Jesus. And I think this is potentially, quite possibly, the the greatest, most profound, mysterious, yet simple challenge that that Christianity gives us, that Jesus gives us. It's maybe the most uh, challenging paradox of Scripture, which is that, Life is found through surrender, isn't it? Life is found through surrender. Jesus says you want rest, you want peace, you want life. It's easy, just surrender. Just surrender your whole life, it's easy. You're like, oh, okay, thanks Jesus. Just surrender, just give up everything, and you'll find life. Isn't that that crazy? We will always be coming to terms with this statement. Jesus says in Matthew, just a little later, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life, that's the same word that he uses in our first text, whoever wants to save their soul, their life, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. I don't know about you, but the idea of denying myself, taking up my cross, and following Jesus sounds like a heavy burden, doesn't it? And yet somehow... Jesus says, life and rest are there in the midst of it. And, and it's counter-cultural because culture tells us, you do you. Be who you have always imagined. I was working on this and I was sitting and I was uh, typing and right next to me was this giant sign in a coffee shop that says, live the life you've imagined. I thought, okay, I'm going to try that. Just kidding, I'm not. Uh, Live the life you've imagined. That's what culture tells us. And Jesus says, hold on. Try something different. Try this surrender thing. Try this whole surrender idea. Try actually giving up the life you've imagined because then you will find what you long for. Rest, deep peace, communion with God, the very thing God made you for. C.S. Lewis says, Lose your life and you will save it. Give up yourself and you will find your real self. And I just get this picture of of Jesus kind of pleading, beckoning us, calling us to himself, saying, try this, surrender thing, try it. Just come and and try it for a second. Don't go after those other things that you you think will will fulfill you, Will, will satisfy some deep, longing in your heart try surrender try giving up control you'll find life you'll find rest it requires we surrender but as we do we get something far greater in return we get this abundant life with Christ we get rest for our soul you know I I grew up uh with Christian parents and went to Christian school for a few years and I went to church every week and I drummed in church, and I was a you know, youth group kid and did all the churchy things. I spoke Christianese quite well. I probably still do. I, uh, I, I never quite understood, though, growing up that Christianity was, was primarily about a relationship with a person named Jesus. And for me, it was always get to heaven. As long as I can get to heaven, I'm good. It was like the only real relevance Christianity had to my life was what happened after death, right? So as long as I held to a few key beliefs, I was good. Jesus was my one-way ticket to eternity, and that meant I could live the life I imagined, perfect. I could hold on to the life I want and, and hold on to these you know, few spiritual laws, spiritual beliefs, and I was good. I could live the life I imagined and I knew where I was going after death perfect. I had uh, I had kind of bought into this idea that Christianity was about life after death primarily. And so in, in high school, uh, it, it just, I was your typical kid. I, I partied, I had girlfriends, I, I went my own way and I thought, perfect. I can live the life I've imagined. I had the YOLO mentality, right? You only live once, so just live it up, live your best life, and just as long as you hold on to a few key truths, you're good. But eventually, I started feeling more and more like a fraud, because I would be partying on Saturday night and then drumming in church on Sunday morning, and, and, and I felt like one, of, one foot was kind of in the world and one foot was in the church. And there was a tension in my heart because I knew God existed. I just didn't want to surrender. I didn't want to give up control. Isn't that true about us as humans? I don't think we really, really need these clever arguments to, to show and prove that God exists. I think people just don't want to surrender. We like control. We like the YOLO mentality. We want to live the life we've imagined. And somehow, for me, as a young punk, Christianity just looked super boring. I was like, ah, oh, I, I want to have fun, and Christianity looks boring. And so I, I went my own way, but eventually, you know, I realized those things that I thought would fulfill me. Uh, the parties the girlfriends my my mentality of life it didn't fulfill me it didn't satisfy a deep longing in my heart and so i began to come to jesus slowly and he drew me in slowly gently and humbly he drew me in in small steps and i began to surrender a little bit here and a little bit there and eventually i got to a point where i decided i can't i can't do this one foot in and one foot out. I've got to either be all in or all out because the tension is too much. I just couldn't do it. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. I had to be all in or all out. And so I decided to take Jesus up on his word. Said, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try this surrender thing. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to actually give up my, my own dreams, my own ideas of what life should and could look like and try and follow Jesus and develop this relationship with God. And what I found was that for the first time, I was fulfilled. For the first time, I was satisfied. For the first time, I began to experience his presence in my life as I surrendered. Little by little, and then eventually all at once, just said, Jesus, you've got to have everything. could stop striving and actually rest in the work of Jesus I'm going to invite the band to come just as we begin to close. But you know, sometimes surrender feels like jumping off a cliff, doesn't it? You kind of stand on the edge and you look over and and you're scared because you don't know what's on the other side. And, and, And it's more comfortable on the ledge. And everything in you says, don't do it. Sometimes surrender, though, is slow and gradual we kind of dip our toes in the water. We get comfortable there, and then we go in a little further to our knees. We get comfortable there, and then eventually we see Jesus just calling, saying, come to me, come to me, come further, surrender more, surrender more. I'll show you what life and rest looks like, because it's only found in him. He says, take my yoke, take my way of living, walk with me, work with me. Cling to me. Stay with me. Trust me. I'll show you a better way. Stay close to me. Keep company with me. And what we get is this abundant life with God, the thing we long for. This is why Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You say, well, that still sounds hard, but it's good because Jesus does all the hard work in the yoke for us we become kind of yoke mates with Jesus. We partner with him and he does the heavy lifting. He does the hard work. He, He does the hard work of measuring up before God. He does the hard work of dealing with our sin. He does the hard work of fulfilling the law, being obedient to all that God longs for us to be obedient to. And so it's no longer dependent on our efforts, but we cling to Jesus. We rest in him and our life becomes hidden with Christ As it says in Colossians, as we let go of control of our anxiety, our anger, our bitterness, our anxiousness, our dreams, our our longings, we actually find these unforced rhythms of grace and we can rest in the presence and the faithfulness of Christ. And so is there a burden you carry with you? Are you burnt out? Are you tired of carrying your burden of sin, of performance maybe, of measuring up before God or other people. Jesus wants to take those burdens. He wants to show you a better way. You don't need another book on on spirituality. You don't need uh, to know the Greek word for this or that. You don't need to adopt a whole new belief system. You just need Jesus. And I just need Jesus. in, In our text, he invites the weary and the burdened, but, but get this, the invitation is for all of us, okay? Would you not wait until you're weary and burdened to come to him? Would you not wait until you hit rock bottom when you've tried every other option, every other thing you think will fulfill you to come to him? Would you come to him before that? Would you come to him today, right now? Would you surrender today, even now? It's Jesus who does the heavy lifting. He says, trust me, I'm humble, I'm gentle. I'll show you a better way to live. He makes us right before God. He takes our sin, our shame. We've gotta let go of those things that, that burden us. We've gotta let go of our own desires, our own way of living and take up his way of living. Because in it we find life and rest. So I want to uh, pray for us, and and then we're going to sing and respond. And uh, you know what? I I just feel like whatever is stirring in your heart, maybe there's something going on in your heart where you feel like God is kind of tugging or or poking somewhere where you're like, oh, I got to deal with that. He's pulling you. He's drawing you in a certain way. Would you respond tonight? I don't know what that looks like for you maybe it means just singing and, and and coming before God in that moment maybe it means coming forward for prayer and asking someone to help you with a burden you carry maybe it means just coming to chat I'd love to chat with you about whatever's going on in your heart sometimes if we don't let someone else know we don't deal with it and so I want to read one more time our text in in that message translation and then I'm going to pray for us Uh, Would you stand with me? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus, we pray that that would be true of us. God, you would help us come to you. You'd help us recognize our need for you Recognize the burden we carry. Lord, would you help us lay those before you and take up a whole new way of living. Take up your life. God, I pray that whatever uh, is going on in the hearts of these people, that you would begin to just draw them to yourself. You would stir in them a hunger for more of you, more of your peace, more of your life, more of your presence, more of your rest, more of your spirit. Pray you would help us trust you, God. That you would help us trust you as we try this surrender thing. Would we trust your character, who you are, who you say you are? Your gentle and humble in heart. And so, Lord, help us. Help us surrender tonight. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to audio from the house. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.